You are listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We believe that Jesus came to set you free and nothing can cancel the truth of God's word. Now here's your host, the youth pastor of Impact Youth at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, Pastor Joey Santora. Is going on wow. canceled. How are you guys doing? Thank you wow. so much for Real tuning good. in. Come on now. We are back and we are on this podcast. Come Straight on now. Up. I'm excited to be here, excited to bring the word of God to you. Today, I'm going to be talking about who is mm. the Antichrist? Who is the Antichrist? Interesting. Who is he? Um, we'll talk about that in a second. But first. But first. All right, all right. Bro, I was what? I was gonna Bro Sorry right. I'm uh, leave it It is time to rate, rate that foreign snack. snack Come on now There we are We're, We're back here. We're um, here. What do we got today Ben Well we picked another one Really there's one that we've just been avoiding and uh we might continue to avoid it But uh this oh, is yeah. this is uh Kit Kat dark cookies from I looked at it earlier it's from Malaysia Malaysia. Yes. So it's cookies. Malaysia. It's uh, cookies and cream. That's like a, that's a sneaky one. Sneaky one. It's, it's dark cookies, it says. Yeah. I wonder if it's like dark chocolate. This, this looks really promising in the spirit of God. See what I'm cutting, so. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. All right. Do you like cookies and cream? I do like cookies and cream. I'm not a huge like like a cookies and cream chocolate person. Like when Hershey's used to have the cookies and cream chocolate bar, it was like whatever to me. Sure. I would rather just a regular chocolate bar. But in ice cream, it's in ice it's cream, it's really really good. Yeah. Uh, I, I like cookies and cream. I have no angst against it. I'm just curious to see. I, I wonder if this is going to be better than a regular Kit Kat. We'll see. Mm, we'll see. Uh, let's go. Yeah. That's great. Mm. Here's here's something. Does it taste much different than a normal Kit Kat to no. you? Yeah. You know why? Because it has it has regular chocolate on the bottom. I do get a little bit of a difference. Though. You do. You do. Um it's very subtle though. Are you a big Kit Kat person? Not big, but I think they're good. There was a time in my life before um Snickers has replaced it, but Kit Kat was my favorite candy bar growing really? up. Really, I, I think that's I think that's not like uncommon. No, like it's it's not. Take. It's not a hot. It's a take. good candy bar. Uh, it is a good candy bar. I like the crispiness of it. Um, honestly, like I'm not even trying to be funny. Other than like next after a Snickers would honestly be that Wonder Bar that we did that one time. <laughs> that was really good. That um, was good. But um, just kind of like like talking about the flavor here, right? Ben said it doesn't taste much different than a regular Kit Kat. I would I would agree with that yeah. statement. It doesn't taste much different. However, I did get a little bit of that cookies and cream taste in it, but it almost has more going for it that it's not that different, in my opinion. I think if it was a little too off, we would have said that a regular Kit Kat was better. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I mean, I think that they kind of know that like a Kit Kat hits, so you don't have to change a lot. No. Right, so it's just like that subtle difference that you know gives it a little little nuance, and it's good. It is good, and honestly, my aftertaste right now, I'm getting Oreo in my mouth, like that type of like like flavor. Obviously, it's not the brand Oreos, but like the actual like cookies and cream taste that that you would have aftertaste. I have that a little bit right now. Yeah. 
I think it might be better than a normal Kit Kat. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I think it might be better than a normal Kit Kat. I, wow. I, I really like it. I was waiting to see if you were going to say it because I was thinking it too. Um, it's at least right there. I think if I saw them right next to each other, I honestly think I'm getting this one. There's more diversity to the flavor than there is to a regular Kit Kat. I agree with that. Um, if I wasn't cutting right now, I'd eat this whole thing without no even doubt. thinking about it. No doubt. It, it's really good. Um, huh. I, I, I'm going to have to lock this in with something. It's, I mean, It's kind of tough when we're doing is, this. Man. It is tough. You know, we have a hard job. No, I'm just playing. But uh, I know we get we get to come on here and rate candy. <laughs> but uh, it's tough because like, are you rating it against a normal Kit Kat or are we rating it just as a candy bar? As a candy bar, I, I think that you keep in mind with your rating, like where would you put a normal Kit Kat on a candy bar rating, right? Yeah. Where would you put that? I have a number where I would put that, and then where would you? Is this better or worse than that? And then you rate rate from there, kind of. So uh, I I have a number right. in my head. I and I'm pretty confident, and I'm head. pretty confident in my number. Uh, you go ahead. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll go first. This is kind of <laughs> kind of nice here. I'm gonna go with a nine point five. Okay, it's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I, I a normal Kit Kat to me would just would be like a nine. Would mm. be it would be like a nine for me. Um, a Snickers Snickers is my ten. Uh, a Wonder Bar is also like a 10 for me. So I, I would rather eat that. Um, I do like with my candy, like a, I like a crisp, mm. but also a chewy aspect to it. And there's not much chew to it. And that's the no. only thing that knocks it down five but that's points. A Kit Kat. But it's a Kit Kat. Yeah. So like, what do you expect? It's just my preference would be, uh, is candy bars that are a little, that have a crispiness and a chewiness to it. But I really like it. I thought that it was, I thought it was great. A 9.5 is fair. Really good. Me. I'm at a nine. Uh, same yeah, kind of thing. Sure, a sure. normal Kit Kat for me, I'm not crazy about it. It's certainly good. Like it's a top tier candy bar. So a normal Kit Kat would be an 8.5 for me. And this is, I think a little bit better. Yeah, so I'm giving yeah. it a nine. Um, yeah. Oreo is, is a top tier flavor for me yep, in yep. general, but in a candy bar, I do like a little bit chewier and typically like peanut butter or caramel. So, you know what we're going to find? Huh? We're going to, we, we have a store that, that right near us in the Danbury yeah, mall. We got to make a run uh, soon. We, you and I should go together. We, and should. we should make a run. Yeah. Uh, I want to find a peanut butter or Kit Kat? We had one. We remember did? the big one that was no bad? Way. Do you remember it? The, the, did we eat it on the podcast? We, yeah, we did. And it was really bad. That's right. It was terrible. Yeah. I want to find a peanut butter dipped Kit Kat. Oh, not like, wow. do, you, do you see what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. not with like peanut butter on that the inside, but like the chocolate Maybe on the outside is one. like peanut butter. We should just make one. I bet you we could. We could. We'll talk about it. Stay All tuned right. <laughs> for the very first peanut butter dipped Kit Kat. Whoa. Um, yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. it. That was a good one. That was a good one. Let's talk about the Antichrist. Everybody wants to know about the Antichrist, man. Everybody wants to know the Antichrist. Who is he? You know, where's he from? You know, is he like cool? Is he not cool? He's certainly not cool. I'll tell you that. Um, but, uh, let's start here. Um, one of our awesome students, Jordan Bizant, shout out to Jordan. Um, speaking of Jordan. Jordan is actually sponsored by a sports uh, company, a Christian sports company. I forget what it's called. Well, I'll, I'll have to get the name. I forget what it's called, but I actually want to buy some stuff from, from it uh, through his code so that I help him out. But uh, 
Great, great student. Awesome, awesome young man. Uh, but he actually asked me this question last night after I preached last night. Uh, as of, and this is, uh, this is April 27th at the time of recording. So, uh, April 26th last night, uh, for youth, I preached on the end times and I mentioned the Antichrist and I said a couple things about the spirit of the Antichrist. And he said to me, you know, Pastor Joey, is the Antichrist an actual person or is it a spirit? And that was such a great question to ask. And I answered it in his text, but I'll answer it with us right now. The Antichrist is not only a person, but it is a spirit. There is a lowercase Antichrist and there is an uppercase Antichrist. The lowercase Antichrist is a spirit. The uppercase is a person. So let, let me show you what I'm talking about. The part, part of who is the Antichrist, it is, it is a spirit within the earth. I'll show you what I'm talking about. First John 4, 3. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Christ, that person is not of God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist. They are not the Antichrist, but they have the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. Indeed is already here. That's interesting. John uh, wrote this, uh, you know, probably like around 2000 years ago. And the Antichrist was not actually physically alive during that time because he's not living for 2,000 years. But uh, he is not already alive physically, the Antichrist. However, he's saying the spirit of the Antichrist is already here. Second uh, Thessalonians 2, 5 through 7. It says, don't you remember that I told you about this all when I was with you and you know what is holding him back. And this is in reference to the Antichrist. The verse before literally talks about the man of lawlessness who is the Antichrist. For he can be revealed only when his time comes. For this lawlessness is already at work secretly and it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back steps out of the way. The man of lawlessness will be revealed. This is 2 Thessalonians 2, uh, beginning in verse 5 that I read. So we see here that the spirit of the Antichrist or the spirit of lawlessness, which the Antichrist is the man of lawlessness, is already at work within the earth. What does that mean exactly? Well, any, any spirit that denies Christ adamantly, that knows the truth about Christ and denies Christ is a spirit of the Antichrist. Also, any spirit that, um, anybody that uh, pushes things that the Antichrist will push, such as, and if you watch my sermon uh, from April 26th on uh, The End Part 2, you'll learn more about this. Anything that pushes a one-world government, anything that pushes a one-world economy is the spirit of the Antichrist because that is what is going to come. That is what the Antichrist is going to implement or going to try to bring about in the earth, and he will be successful in doing so. So anybody that pushes those things is pushing the spirit of the Antichrist. That's what we can learn. So it is a spirit that is at work, the spirit of the Antichrist. One key characteristic of the spirit of the Antichrist, again, is the denial of Christ, the denial of Christ, the denial of the, of what Christ did. That is a key characteristic of the Antichrist because he will be Antichrist. You guys see what I'm saying? Antichrist. That's why we get the term Antichrist from. Um, Something that's important to, to note here, actually, is this scripture. Um, people debate this, scholars debate 
uh, what this means, but it says that the Antichrist can't uh, be revealed until the one who's holding it back steps out of the way. So um, who is this? Who, what is standing in the Antichrist's way? What is holding the Antichrist back? It is my understanding of the scripture that this is the church of Jesus Christ that is holding back the Antichrist. Once the church is removed, the man of lawlessness will be revealed. Some people argue it is the Holy Spirit, which I could I could see an argument for. Other people argue that it's other things and, and such. However, I believe that this is the church of Jesus Christ that is holding back the Antichrist um, uh, from being revealed. And once the church is removed in the rapture of the church, that is when the Antichrist will be revealed. Again, people have different opinions on that, but that is just something that I thought that I would mention. What we're getting into right now is something called eschatology, is the study of the end of all things, the study of the end times uh, in the Bible and the study of the end of the world. This is why we're talking uh, kind of uh, apocalyptically right now in, in my speech. Um, the Antichrist, who is he? He will be a counterfeit to Christ. He will be a counterfeit Christ. He is a part of the unholy trinity. The unholy trinity. The unholy trinity is the false prophet, the Antichrist, and the devil. The Holy Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He is a member of the unholy trinity. He is a counterfeit Christ. Um, many will believe that he is um, the Messiah. People will be deceived that he is the Messiah. Um, people, I wouldn't be surprised if many Jewish people fell for the deception that he is the Messiah because they are still expecting a Messiah. The Antichrist is a counterfeit Christ. He will pretend to be a savior, but really he will be a wicked, wicked individual, fully controlled by the devil. Characteristics of the Antichrist. I'm going to give you a couple here. I think I have seven. First, he's the beast. He's the beast. Like, not like he's a beast, like, yo, he's a beast, like nothing like that. He is the beast in Revelation 13. Revelation 13. Go ahead and turn there in your Bible. Revelation 13, if you have trouble finding Revelation, it is at the end of the Bible. And that's okay if you are, because everybody, you know, you may be newer to your faith and not know where Revelation is, and that's okay. But if you've been saved for any period of time, I hope you know where Revelation is. Revelation 13, it says this, Then I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. The beast in Revelation is the Antichrist. Anytime that, when you see the term beast being used, it is the Antichrist, except for when it says the second beast. The second beast is the false prophet. But the beast in Revelation is the Antichrist. That one was pretty simple, right? The beast in, in Revelation, the Antichrist. That's just for us to get a basic groundwork so that we can move from there. But next, let's go here. This one will be fun. Not a lover of women. Not a lover of women. What are you talking about right now? You're probably thinking, what do you mean he's not going to love women? Like, don't all men want love women? Well, debatable. Uh, but uh, uh, not a lover of women. Look at what Daniel chapter 11, verse 37 says. It says this. He will have no respect. Uh, I'm sorry. 
I want to read this from the from the New King from uh, the New King or the New King James version. I think it does much better on the translation on this, and I've studied it, which is why I know that it does much better on the translation of this. He shall regard neither the God of his fathers nor the desire of women, nor regard any, uh, regard any God, for he shall exalt himself above them all. He is not going to be a lover of women. He's not going to have a desire for women. What does this mean? Scholars debate on what this means. One option is that he simply will have no sexual desire for women. Another option is he won't have a wife. Another option, though, and I know that many um, respected scholars, I know one specifically, hold to this position, that he will be gay, that the Antichrist will be uh, homosexual, and that's why it says that he will not love women. Now, I would not strongly say that that's the case 100% because I don't know it for a fact. However, it is plausible, and I would say it's quite interesting that in this final hour of time that there is such a strong push towards uh, the... Uh, I should probably be careful with how I say this. I don't want to get filtered on YouTube for saying this too much. We'll say it like this, that we that uh, there's a strong push in the alphabet community. You guys know, will know what I mean by that. There's a strong push in the alphabet community. And that, 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 that's interesting that we have a strong push in that alphabet community right now. And it seems interesting that in this final hour of time that that's being pushed very strongly. And perhaps it could be an antichrist agenda and an antichrist spirit. It is against Christ, that spirit. But perhaps it is specifically an antichrist spirit because it's an antichrist agenda. Now, I always say when I bring up that community, when I bring that up, I want to be very clear. I always take time to say this. God loves those people. God wants them to be saved. God wants their life to be changed. I believe that there is freeing power in Jesus Christ to change everybody's life. I believe that if you're watching this right now and you're dealing with that, that Jesus Christ can set you free. God loves you. He doesn't hate you. He doesn't want you to burn in hell. God's desire is for you to be saved. That is the truth. That is a truth of the gospel. God's desire is for that. However, it is against God's word. But God wants to bring you out of that and he still wants to save you because he loves you so much and he died for you. So I just want to make that very clear in saying that. But he will not be a lover of women. And, and those are some of the options in which that scripture could mean that. Next, he will declare himself to be God. He will declare himself to be God. This one is just the highest level of blasphemy that anybody could ever do. Second, Second Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. This is just like, if you want to get like struck by lightning, this is something that, that, that someone could do right here. And I, and I, and I say that not to, not to poke fun, but I, I say that to say like seriously, like don't mess with God with this. Uh, actually, Herod in the New Testament, uh, the Bible records that Herod, he was receiving praise as being a God and he did not give glory to God and he was struck right in that moment. It is not a joke to declare that you're God. That is not a funny thing to do and that is a very serious offense against God. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 2.9. It says, this man will come to do the work of Satan. Oh, I'm sorry, I have the wrong reference. 2 Thessalonians 2.4. We're actually gonna be in 2.9 in just a second. 
He will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. He will even sit in the temple of God claiming that he himself is God. He will sit in the temple of God and declare himself to be God. He will declare himself to be God. This is a very, very big deal. This is, this is something that is not going to be taken lightly. This is something that God is going to, um, that's going to defile God in every way, shape, and form. Uh, and then my next point is, and it goes with this point, is that people will worship him. He will not only declare himself to be God, people will worship the Antichrist. Revelation, Revelation chapter 13, verse 4. Revelation chapter 13, verse 4. They worship the dragon for giving the beast such power, and they also worship the beast. The dragon is the devil, and the beast is the Antichrist. So they worship the beast, and they said, who is as great as the beast, they exclaimed. Who is able to fight against him? What an ironic worship, because Christ is going to come and destroy him at the very end of things. But they are going to worship the beast. Oh, there's no one like the beast. He's so wonderful. And they're going to worship this Antichrist, and they're going to say blasphemes against God, by worshiping him. They're going to say things that should only be attributed to God, to this beast. Only should be attributed to Jesus Christ. They're going to say to the Antichrist, they will worship him. It's funny, the very things that they're saying about the beast are things that really should be attributed to Jesus Christ. He will be deceptive in every way, shape, and form. People will believe that he is a God and people will worship him. And unfortunately, it will lead to their doom as a result for worshiping this beast. He'll declare himself to be God. People will worship him next. He will do many false signs and wonders. Second Thessalonians 2.9. This is Second Thessalonians 2.9 this time. This man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. He will have counterfeit power and signs and miracles. His power will come from the devil directly. It will come from the devil correctly. And here's why. Uh, and here's why he's actually able to do this. God is actually going to allow the Antichrist to have this power. He's going to allow, it is delegated power. He is going to allow the Antichrist at this point in time. He's going to be able to, to do what, do what he wants in the earth. It's going to be allowed during this period of time. I know that that may sound crazy to you that God would allow this, that God would allow this wickedness to take place. And But ultimately, if you watched my sermon last night or if you were uh, at the service that I, I preached this in the end part two, I talk about how the tribulation, the time the Antichrist is ruling the world, is going to be a time in which God's wrath is going to be poured out upon the earth. God's wrath is going to be poured out upon, uh, upon the earth. God is going to allow wickedness to take place during this time. Yes, I know that sounds crazy, but God will also be taking vengeance against sin. That doesn't mean that God is encouraging wickedness or saying that he's, you know, happy that this is happening or anything like that. Rather, God is not going to intervene in any of this type of stuff, and he's going to simply sit back and allow it to happen. That's what's going to happen. The Antichrist's power will not come from God. It will come from the devil. But God will allow him to perform many signs and wonders and people will be greatly deceived. Where do I see 
And this takes place well in the scripture that I just read. In fact, the Bible even tells us that the Antichrist will suffer a deadly wound, but will actually, but will survive and be fine. He'll survive and be fine. This is the type of counterfeit miracle signs and wonders that the Antichrist will do. So the Antichrist will have power to perform false signs and wonders. Again, God will allow it to take place. He will not be the source of that power, but God will allow this to take place during this great tribulation period. Next, he will be a one world leader. He will be a one world leader. The Bible talks about how the Antichrist will rule a one world's government. I'll read you guys uh, this scripture in Revelation 13, three through five. It says, then the beast was allowed to speak great, great blasphemes against God and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. That's three and a half years. For three and a half years of the tribulation, the Antichrist will have power to do whatever he wants. Everybody will worship the beast, as I already read to you. He will have all power to do whatever he wants to do within the earth. But what people will not realize is uh, the last thing that I will tell you about the Antichrist that I'll get to in a second. While the Antichrist will have this power, something is going to happen at the very end to the Antichrist. But the Antichrist will be a one world government leader. Next, the Antichrist will be behind the mark of the beast. The Antichrist will not enforce the mark of the beast, but the Antichrist will be behind it. What is this mark? Let's read Revelation 13, 15 through 18. The second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right hands or their foreheads so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. That number is 666. The mark of the beast is a mark that you will not be able to buy or sell without. You need to have this mark to be able to buy or sell. And if somebody is alive during this time, as soon as they receive the mark, they will be an enemy of God. Again, if you want more information on this or the mark of the beast, go back and watch my sermon, the end part two. I did a whole explanation of the mark of the beast. Just so you know, the mark of the beast cannot happen until the great tribulation when the antichrist is ruling and it uh, cannot happen until the rapture of the church takes place. Just to be clear on that right here. So the mark of the beast is not already out there. However, we do have the technology to be able to do something like the mark of the beast right now in our world. Um, we even saw glimpses of the COVID vaccine to be clear is not the mark of the beast. I probably shouldn't have said that because if it gets reported, it might get taken down. But anyway, uh, you know, I, I won't say it again just for risk, but you guys know uh, that injection that people get that it is a sign or it is a showing that we have the technology to be able to do it. It is not the mark of the beast. To be clear, it is not the mark of the beast, but it does show us that we, that people will have to get, can have to get something to be able to work. Remember, during that time, people had to have that injection to be able to work. People were fired for their jobs because of it. It will be the same with the mark of the beast. If you do not have that mark, you won't be able to buy or sell anything and you won't be able to work either. You won't be able to work either. The mark of the beast 
is going to be a mark that if people take it, you will immediately be an enemy of God. There is no turning back from it as soon as you take the mark of the beast. And the false prophet will be the one that enforces it, but the Antichrist will be behind this mark of the beast. My last point, he will ultimately be defeated. This is my favorite one. Revelation 19, 19, uh, 19 through 20. Then I saw the beasts and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to wage war against the rider on the horse, who's Jesus Christ and his army. But the beast was captured and with the false prophet who had performed the signs on its behalf. With these signs, he has, he had deluded those who had received the mark of, of the beast and worshiped its image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. So the Antichrist has his fun. He does whatever the heck he, you know, thinks he wants to do or whatever. People worship him and all that stuff. But guess what? At the end, he's defeated by the one and only king, the true king, the true Messiah, the true savior. Throws him into this lake of fire for eternity with the false prophet. So while the Antichrist might do all of these things, he is a defeated foe. He is completely defeated by Jesus Christ. He has no power over him. Because Jesus is the one with all the power. He is a false Messiah, a false savior, a false Christ. And the real one comes and says, yeah, you're done. And throws him into the lake of fire for all of eternity. For all of eternity. So that is a teaching today on who the Antichrist is. Uh, Notice how I did not give you the name of anybody. You know why? Because we don't know who it is. The Bible does not say who it is. Anybody that claims that so-and-so is the Antichrist and, you know, this person's the Antichrist, that person's the Antichrist, we'll wait and see who the Antichrist is, okay? And And if you're a Christian, you won't even be here when he's revealed. So it won't even be relevant to you of who the specific person is. However, I felt it necessary to give this teaching so that we have proper understanding and biblical knowledge so that when people come running and yelling about who the Antichrist is, you'll say, no, I watched that podcast on the uncanceled and here's what the, it says about the Antichrist. Amen. This also is to serve as a warning that the world is not going to be a good place when the Antichrist is ruling. You do not want to be here. You do not want to be here. You do not want to worship this Antichrist. You do not want to be forced at that time to say, man, I messed up and I wasn't right with God when the rapture took place. Now I have to choose to either worship this beast or be killed by this beast because that's what he will do. He will kill people, either physically kill them or they will starve to death because they're unable to buy or sell anything if they don't worship the beast. If you're watching this right now and you're not right with God and you're watching this right now and you're not right with God and you need to get right with God and you're saying, man, I didn't realize how real this stuff is. Know that a true savior has come, not the antichrist, a real savior. He's come. He came down from heaven. He died for on the cross for your sins. He was buried in the ground. And he rose again from the dead. And when he rose in victory, he gave us the ability to give our lives to him, repent of our sin, put our faith in him and be, served, and be saved from eternal damnation and for eternal life with him. If you want to give your life to Jesus Christ today, repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I repent of my sin. I put my faith in you. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord and that you were raised from the dead. 
I'm a Christian now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. If you just gave your life to Christ, feel free to drop something in the comment section. We'll try and help you out and get connected. You can DM our Instagram page to M-P-A-C-T Youth. You can go ahead and DM us and we'll try and get you connected. If you did just give your life to Christ, make sure to get plugged into a Bible-believing church, uh, a church that preaches the Bible and what it says. So make sure to get plugged into that. Uh, For the rest of you that are watching that are regular listeners, let me just pray over you real quick. Father, I thank you for the knowledge that we can gain from your word. Lord, I pray that uh, as people uh, study eschatology, Lord, that are watching this, Lord, I pray that your blessing would be upon them, that you'd lead and guide them to all truth, and that your hand of favor would be upon their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by the teaching today. If you are between the grades of 5th through 12th grade, make sure to check us out in person at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Be sure to tune in next week for another weekly podcast from Uncanceled. God bless.